stopped that whole thing and went to do something that was, you know, definitely not normal as far as being being 30 years old and having having a wife and a kid kind of thing. That was Duran talking about what it's like for him quitting a stable day job to go all in on guiding. Duran shares a really unique and refreshing perspective in today's episode of the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. We're on episode number 22. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Before we get into the content today, I want to remind you to follow us on Instagram at instagram.com slash wetflyswing. In today's episode, I interviewed Duran Torres, who is a new guide and someone who has an amazing perspective on what it takes to go all in on your passion. Duran tells the story of what it took him to leave a stable career as a teacher and assistant principal to running a full-time guiding business. He talks about the hardest part of guiding mindset and why he feels the switch rod is the perfect outfit for his home steelhead river. Don't miss this show as Duran talks about why he has a gardening section on his blog at schoolofchrome.com and how he learned to spay cast on a section of river adjacent to the most radioactive area in the U.S. That's that's no joke. So without further ado, here's Duran Torres. How's it going, Duran? It's going good. It's going good. Nice. Nice. Good to have you on the show. Uh, I yeah. think we uh, we connected at the uh, Sportsman Show back in, uh, gosh, February? Yeah, we were. Uh, I was down there in Portland, um, and just it was my first time there tying some flies, and you came by and talked a little bit, and um, now we're here. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it always takes a little bit of time to put these things together, but I uh, appreciate you coming on here. And I, I was going to get into a few things. I know you've been guiding over on the Klickitat, and, and I'm not sure what other rivers you've been on, but I, I was hoping to, you know, talk a little bit about your history and maybe just get a feel for what it's like, you know, uh, as a new guide in an area and kind of that whole experience. Cause I know there's a number of people that listen to this show that are interested in that, but I think you, you probably can provide a bunch of tips for people that want to catch some more steelhead as well. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it just kind of depends on how deep you want to get into the story. You know, I've, uh, I primarily fish the click Um, I fish a little bit of the Yakima river down here where it comes into the, the Columbia right there at the mouth for bass fishing. But oh, cool. as far as steelhead goes, I, I fish the click attack. I, I venture out into, um, you know, I go to forks and fish the peninsula and do some of that stuff just personally. Um, uh-huh. but as far as guiding goes, gotcha. it's just the click attack. Um, you know, I've been fishing that river since I was a little baby. Uh, my dad has pictures, my dad and mom had pictures of me underneath the bow of the boat taking a nap <laughs> when i'm super small you know what i mean nice. and so it's just been like growing up on the river and it's it's only been till you know the last years when i started guiding there so but cool. a lot of experiences on it yeah that's awesome so how did you so from that that uh period there when you were a baby under the the bow of the boat uh-huh. how, how did you kind of get into fully into fly fishing and steelhead and, and into guiding how that all come oh to be? man um so i guess it was a pretty natural progression of steelhead fishing um you know, first starting, uh, when my dad learned how to fish there, fishing in a drift boat, um, back trolling plugs, back trolling sand shrimp. And that's primarily what we did. Um, did a lot of back trolling, you know, let the lines out, get the fish when it gets on. And, um, that's how I kind of learned to read water. Mm -hmm. And then when I got old enough to do, um, some casting, so, you know, I was probably 
maybe really 10 or 12 years old when I got old enough to actually, you know, cast a bigger rod that I learned how to drift fish and just like traditional style drift fishing with, with slinkies and, and lead weights and rubber and that kind of stuff. And I started tying a few flies for that. Um, and so I kind of learned that way and through the back trolling for sand trip or with uh, sand trip and plugs and through the drift fishing, we were catching some pretty big trout on the click tat, hmm. you know? And, uh, so then my dad, he had always wanted to start fly fishing. So we we're like, well, Hey, we're, there's some big trout in here. Let's start fly fishing. And so, um, that's kind of how we got into, it. I think I was probably, you know, 10 or 12 once I started getting into that, that fly fishing game. Um, and then, you know, I just did the trout stuff. It was kind of like your beginning, your beginning progression of fishing where I, uh, I just wanted to catch a fish mm-hmm. on a fly rod and, and it didn't, it didn't matter what size it was. My dad tells me, you know, I spent, I used to spend hours in like the little side pools where the little smolten stuff are, but oh, the yeah. tiniest fly, just trying to, just trying to get something going with those things. And then I remember spending a lot of time in just little riffles and stuff and catching, you know, eight, 10 inch trout and having a blast catching a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for a long time. And then, you know, on accident one time, I never really got into um, the real specific trout game of fly fishing with matching the hatch on everything and yep. knowing a ton about insects and their life stages and all of that. I primarily fished woolly boogers with a little bead head on it just because I knew that that caught a lot of fish. And one time on accident, I hooked a steelhead on my five weight. And huh. luckily, I got it landed. It was about five pounds. But then as soon as I did that, I was like, oh man, this <laughs> is a thing. This is a thing. And so from there, it kind of just took off, um, you know, into specifically trying to target bigger trout and steelhead, you know, and I kind of, I left all the small trout behind and, and kind of went on my way that way. Cool. So cool. now you're, now you're fully into it. How has it been now that you've, uh, you know, had a year or so under your belt, uh, guiding on the click attack, I mean, what, what's that experience been like for the first year? I mean, I know that the one thing I, I hear, I've talked to a lot of guides and people in the industry uh-huh. and, and one of the take home messages is that, you know, you definitely don't get into this, uh, this, this business or well into fly fishing, the fly uh-huh. fishing business for the money. Um, but, well, uh, yeah. How, how has it been for you? I mean, what's it been like? You know, it's been, it's been an awesome experience because to kind of go back a couple of steps, I was a teacher. I was a teacher for, uh, I think six years, five or six years, if I can remember right, an eighth grade science teacher. And then I was an assistant principal at an elementary school for a couple of years. Hmm. And then I stopped wow. and I started guiding, right? I've always wanted to guide in the summertime, but I didn't want to, through the effort that it was going to take to get started, I didn't want to just use my few months in the summer to, to work more. I wanted to fish on my own, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the starting of the guiding thing was more about sharing what I knew from all of the years of fishing, you know what I mean, on the click attack with other people as opposed to I'm not going to try to travel around the Northwest and fish 300 days a year to try to make a bunch of money. Right. It's not, that's not the point of it. And so really the takeaway from my first year on it was really solidifying what I was bringing to the table and what I was offering to people and being okay with this is, this is my plan. This is what I'm offering. This is what I can do. And if, if you want something else in your experience, then I might not be the person for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so really, like I said, really getting my, like 
my my foundation of what I believed in and what I wanted to happen with the guiding like in place. Hmm. Cool. So cool. And what yeah. do you feel like is your you know, if you had to tell somebody, you know, what you offer, how you're different than the, the guy, the next guy that's on the river, what, what would you tell those people? Um, I would tell them first and foremost, I am about teaching. I'm about teaching. And so, um, if you want to come and it doesn't matter, honestly, it doesn't matter if you want to learn how to back troll or if you want to, you know, learn how to drift fish since I've done it all. Mm -hmm. I'm about, I'm about teaching people and getting them, getting them excited and going into steelhead fishing. And it doesn't have to be specifically fly fishing. I, I personally love fly fishing and that's what I do on my own. That's, and that's why I have that route as well. But I have a lot of friends that do other types of fishing, and I'm okay with teaching them that way too. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's really it's not about it's not about getting the fish, or it's not about you listening to me give a bunch of instructions and you having to put the cast in a certain spot. And the ultimate goal is to get a fish on the bank. That's not that's not my my purpose. My purpose is to give you the tools so that you know you go out the next time and you're able to at least be somewhat successful and that's different in the trout game and that's different in the bass game Mm -hmm. because steelhead fishing if you're not where the fish are at or you don't know how to get to where they're at or find where they're at you're not in the game like you're (laughs) the chances of you actually getting to hook a fish are so low you know Mm -hmm. you need you need some assistance a lot of people need some assistance just getting that that started of what should i use how should I present it? You know, where should I look for these fish? And that's kind of what I'm doing because, you know, people aren't going to go out with a guide every single time they want to go fish. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going out on their own there. A lot of times they don't have a boat. A lot of times, you know, they're waiting, going from the bank, finding different spots that way. And so it's really giving them the skills so that they can go do that on their own just because, you know, I love it that much. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. What, what do you think are, um, a few of the challenges of, of, of the biggest challenges of being a, being a guide or being a new guide? Um, I think the number one biggest challenge is clear expectations and communication with people. And that doesn't even have to do, that's not even anything to do with the actual fishing on the river. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's challenges with that, but it's really, you know, clear communication and expectations about what can happen when you're steelhead fishing, you know, and a lot of people, um, I wouldn't say a lot. There's a handful of people that have a lot bigger expectations because they're going with a quote guide, right? you know, right. and I, like, I consider myself a guide just because I've spent a little bit more time on the river than some people, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not an, an expert by any means. And I don't think anybody is, you know, everybody just has more or less time on the river yep. than, than other people. And so, uh, you have more of that natural experience in a certain in a certain field, you know, and that can yeah. be from fishing to anything. Um, and so, yeah, that's that that clear expectation is is probably a big one. And then once once you kind of get over that, um, when I was just fishing in Forks just a, a month ago, I had a one of the guys that uh, the guy that I actually went with for one day. He, he told me I've never heard it before because um, he was talking about the same expectations with people, and he said, you know, I tell people that. Other than catching a steelhead with your bare hands, swinging a fly is the hardest way to catch them. So, so you got to get these expectations, you know, and the reality check in place of, of what you're trying to go after. 
Yep. And you know, and to be honest with you guys that are fly fishing, that are primarily fly fishing, they understand that, and they understand how hard it is um, to get one swinging a fly. You know, coming from the other range of people that are, you know, maybe bobber fishing or maybe back trolling or you know bait fishing stuff like that. There's there's a little learning curve there as far as the time it takes to actually get one hooked up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this year has been uh, kind of extra s- uh, tough, right, on the click I mean, the numbers have been down and things like that. Uh, do you have, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, talking about zero fish days, I guess that's part of the expectations. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. when you have those situations, how, how does, um, you know, how do you deal with that? And how do you make it a, how do you make it a good trip when you do have uh, uh, situations where maybe they, you know, the fishing, the catching falls even below, you know. Some oh, yeah. Of, yeah, some of that. Um. Again, that comes back, and this is a learning. This was a learning curve for me in the beginning. You know, um, setting those expectations to where you may not get a fish. That's that's just the reality. And I talk to people about when we're going out, we're going to control only the things that we can control. And you can never can control whether or not that steelhead goes and grabs your fly, you know, or grabs your whatever you're fishing with. The things that I can control as a guide are my effort. And my, my, my attitude towards you, you know, as far as we're basically friends, you know, coming together and we're fishing and I'm just showing you how to do what I've been doing. Um, and so I can, I can keep that in control. I can control my effort. I can, you know, work as hard as you want me to work. We fish as hard as you want to fish. Um, and then, you know, put the fly in, in, in the spots that we think are fish, their fish are going to be there and, and to let the rest take care of itself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. I think that, uh, and that's the take home message that, you know, from the yeah. guy, the guides that I've uh, interviewed, I think that, uh, yeah, that expectation, understanding that, you know, uh, and actually Scott, uh, McGarva, I had him on episode, uh, 17, um, mm-hmm. at, uh, wetflyswing.com slash 17. Um, Gosh, it was just, it was great listening to him, you know, talk about it because he basically said the same thing and that, uh, you know, that guy that's beating his chest, you know, he, he's working up on the lodges up and, you know, on the Bulkley and stuff. And, yep. you know, he's like, you know, the guy beating his chest coming in after the end of the day because he caught, you know, you know, a dozen fish or something on his wet fly versus, you know, the guy that didn't catch quite as many, but he caught him on a dry fly, yep. you know, but had a great day. Yep. You know, that's, that's it. It's, yep. uh, it's just mm-hmm. the experience. So I think that's basically what you're saying as well. And, and, you know, to add to that too, I think is a huge thing that, um, when I teach, when I teach people or they're beginners, you know, in fly fishing, um, or beginners in any type of fishing, but mostly fly fishing is you have to love the process. You have to absolutely be in love with the process of doing what you're doing, because if it's only about, you know, the end goal, like you're going to be disappointed every time you're going <laughs> you're going to be disappointed you know if you you have to love learning how to do different casts you have to love how to like feel your way through a river you have to love how to you know the act of like hunting down the river and to try to find these fish because if it's the actual the hookup when you do get a fish and you get it to the bank the amount of time that it takes to get that fish hooked and in and on the bank is like it's a, it's a tiny, tiny amount in, in the big scope of all of your fishing adventures. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it can't only be about that because if it is, you know, you're going to go home disappointed yep. almost every time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. No, it's a great point. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So, uh, so you mentioned, uh, casting what, what, uh, you know, your experience transitioning from single hand cast to spay mm-hmm. casting, maybe you can mm-hmm. explain what that was like in that, that whole process. Yeah. So I am a person that thinks I need to figure everything out myself. Right. And so instead of, you know, going and when I made the transition into two handed rods, I did it because on the click attack, I, I, I like to swing flies. And even when I was doing single handed, I was swinging flies. And so um, after it flooded a handful, I mean, 10 plus years ago now, it was, it was the gravel bars and everything were nice and buried. It was clean and you could, you could do quite a bit of casting. You know, in the last handful of years, the growth up on the banks has just been outrageous and, huh. the, and the trees and the brush and everything is really tall in a lot of spots. And so I was having a lot of trouble. Um, you know, with which most people do with um, a single-handed rod and not really not the right equipment for what you're trying to do. And so I got into the two-handed game because I've, I've seen I was seeing guys out there being able to cast quite a ways and cover a lot of water with minimal back cast. And then that just that two-handed game kind of turned me into learning way more about the lines and all the equipment needed to kind of do what I was doing with the swinging thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, the transition happened. I got that, got a two-handed rod, and then I honestly watched YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and I went out and I practiced. And um, I didn't get an instructor, or I didn't have anybody even around where I live that um, I knew that could help me out with that. So I watched videos, and I went out and I put in the time. You know, um, I live right up here in Tri Cities by the Columbia River, and so there's some spots up on the Columbia where I could get out where the current's moving enough up by the Hanford Reach, mm-hmm. and um, have enough current to swing through there. And I spent hours in January when it was freezing cold, <laughs> and yeah. casted and casted and casted, and really. Um, the cast that that was easy enough for that was easy for me to learn was because I'm right-handed. It was it was a, the snap tee, and it was just because all of my practice happened with the river moving to the left, and so it was the easiest cast for me to to control and get going out instead of going off my opposite shoulder. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the the, the snap tee with the right-handed is the one that I learned how first, and then um, you know really I I practice that practice that. Then got to the click attack and then realized, oh, I'm going to probably need a couple different casts when that river's going the other way or if the wind's blowing or for something like that. You know what I mean? And yeah. so then I started to kind of piece my way into finding some different casts, getting some different books and, and digging into the different types of casts like that. But yeah. um, one thing that actually has really, really helped me um, understand like the mechanics of the casting and what to do and anchor placement and all of that stuff has been putting um, – putting commando heads on my trout rods Hmm. you know on my five and six weight rods because it's a lot easier it was a lot easier for me to see what my rod path and things were doing with a single-handed rod a little short one and still shoot it out the same way and so i was able to go into you know a pond or somewhere that i didn't need a big long um spay rod i could go out and play around with different types of casts and see what they were doing and kind of get the the muscle memory of doing that cast and then i would transition that into my bigger rod that's cool yeah that's that's uh that's great i mean i've uh 
Oh, I chatted with uh, Matt Clara, who broke down a little bit of this, the uh, trout spay and, mm-hmm. and and kind of the micro spay stuff. And uh, I think I might, you know, it sounds like a lot of people are definitely doing that for trout. And it's partly mm-hmm. that, that it's like, you know, they're getting a break, but they still love the spay. And I, I, I think mm-hmm. I might have to, I got the, the uh, salmon fly trip coming up here. And I think I might have to get myself a little uh, little micro or something small I can it's use. It's super to, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Plus out there, you're, t- you're tossing some big, heavy stuff too. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So, um, yeah, that's interesting, man. You're talking. You're up on the Hamford Reach. That's quite a. Uh, yeah. You got quite a, uh, a little uh, dump site next door to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to say the least. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little crazy. Yeah. But, for, for those yeah, well. for those that don't know, the Hamford Reach is uh, the most uh, radioactive site in the country. Yep. Maybe something like that. I mean, it's basically all, all all the nuclear weapons. Uh, all the Everything that was they used to create the bombs, um, the atomic bombs were created there, and then all the nuclear waste was uh, basically stored there underground. Yep. So trying to take care of the waste that's out there. A lot of yeah. people work there. <laughs> that's crazy. We get I actually on this show. I don't get into conservation much, and mm-hmm. you know that's partly because I'm trying to provide just really going to the tips, and, and yeah, you know people have said you know there's lots of conservation yep. uh, shows and, and groups out there, but uh, yeah, this is obviously one that. Uh, you know, in that area, it's a uh, it's your next door neighbor. It's definitely probably on top of mine quite a bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and you can get way into that. But like I said, that's a, that could be a whole two conversations. Two exactly. Different conversations yeah, we'll, we'll leave itself. that. Uh, we'll leave that for maybe the if I do another uh, show. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's good. I love the casting stuff. I've had people that have talked in detail about casting tips and mm-hmm. things like that. It's uh, it's not easy. And in fact, I'm going to be going out this week with a. Uh, with kind of an instructor to, to look at, you know, kind of look at what I'm doing, you know, some things I can do better as well. Mm-hmm. So that, that's mm-hmm. probably a, that's a good tip. I think that for anybody who can find somebody that can then help, because I did the same thing. I, I taught myself with videos and I think I yep. kind of had have some bad habits from it, but no, yep. I, that's good. Yep. I'm good to hear. So you're fully, you're out there teaching people. I mean, when you get a beginner that comes to you, are you, you're going through the steps and teaching him how to cast and all that? Yep. Yeah. And it's really, when I get beginners coming to me, it's really, um, Again, back to those clear expectations, they they have to really outline and tell me what they're trying to get out of the trip or the individual lesson or whatever we're doing because I do lessons with people and and classes and things like that, you know. Um, but it's really, you know, if they if they just want to focus on getting a cast down, then that's what we do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I put them in the spots where the river is. Um, conducive to a certain type of cast that they're trying to learn or the easiest cast for them to get going just to get the fly out in an area that they can have a chance to catch a fish so yeah i go i mean i go from from very very beginning and it's not the thing that's cool that i that i you know talk to beginners about is i'm not a master uh caster i'm not like this a certified teacher or instructor or anything like that but i'm gonna show you how to get the fly out where it needs to be it may not be the prettiest thing it may not be you know technically sound every single time yeah but the whole point is getting it out there where the fish can see it and so and 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 people people like that where you're not getting too technical with things and i guess that's why you know my teaching background kind of helps with that and so you don't you don't have i don't have a tendency to you know overwhelm people with a lot of information in in an area where they are they're unknown. They don't know a lot about, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And I had, uh, I had, uh, Peter Humphreys on, uh, episode mm-hmm. seven and he went into detail on, uh, some of the 
you, just the whole process and some tips on you know how you can do a better cast. So if you want to mm-hmm. check that out, folks yeah, can yeah. go listen to that one. That was a, that was a great one. In fact, uh, uh, Pete just uh, he's a good all around guy. So it's, it was a fun episode to do. But uh, yeah, w- now transitioning into more of the actual fishing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess quickly as far as gear. So rod real line what do you recommend for you know for i guess winter fishing or, or did you do more winter or summer fishing no summer fishing yeah because okay. the, the click attack really it, it it goes from june to november mm-hmm. and so it's a it's a summer fishery um for the summer if i'm gonna because i'm just gonna talk about that one just because that's where my you sure. know experience goes in um switch rods are the best in my experience um you know anything from 11 to 12 foot range i think i think you have way more control over a shorter rod you know than you do with a 13 and a half foot. i do have longer rods that i fish there too just because those were you know that was one of the first ones that i um i got a reddington dually sure um was 13 foot six a weight was the very first rod i got and so it's i think it's way too much rod for the river now but it was it was good to learn on you know mm-hmm. um but if i'm going to recommend something it's going to be somewhere in the switch rod range just because it's a smaller river the clickitat's smaller and you can take a switch rod and cast you know across the river in 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 most of the spots if you need to and you're really not casting that far anyway yeah um lines i i'm a huge fan of the commando heads from opst Uh Um, i have casted um uh some of the skagit iFlight and uh the skagit max is what i had on on my on my the first time around and something just about the commando head i I love the way it shot out and i loved how easy it was for you know beginners and my wife learning how to fly fish to cast you know right away so i have i have commando heads and their laser running lines and all my stuff um and you know as as far as sink tips and stuff go i use a lot of floating tips and on you know in the summertime t11 is usually about the heaviest i go Mm -hmm. um, on a tip i do have some heavier ones that that there's a few spots that either the currents, the surface currents pretty fast or it's pretty deep and I'll throw a heavier tip on and I'll throw like a, an intermediate shooting head on there. And then, and, but that's very specific to only, you know, a sure. couple spots on there, but gotcha. most of it's smaller gear. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So in the, in the length of that switch rod, um, anywhere between like 11 and 12 feet, you know, somewhere yeah. around that range. I like, I honestly, um, I, I would like to stay if if I'm only if I'm getting brand new rods, if I'm getting a whole bunch of brand new rods for for just the click attack, I would stay sub twelve foot on everything, you know. Yep. Just because that's it's so easy to control and it's that's that's the appropriate size for the river and the fish that you're fishing for. Gotcha, gotcha, cool. And uh, and so as far as I was just thinking about some of the other guides on the river, and this is mm-hmm. you know I guess I can't remember who had the conversation I had, but. Um, we were just talking about connecting with other guides. Have you been mm-hmm. able to? I mean, are there a lot of guides on that river, or do you do you know all of them? Or I mean, you know, I you know I don't know all of them. It's funny because, um, you know, growing up fishing on there, like we just my family and I, we just kind of we just kind of did our thing. You know, we'd go up there and camp almost every weekend, way up in the upper river, um, where there's less pressure. Um, you know, my dad always. He was, he's a construction guy. And so he going fishing and stuff was getting away from work. So we won't, we weren't battle. We weren't combat fishing with people. You know what I mean? We're trying to get away from everything. And so, you know, I spent the majority of 
my fishing career trying to get away from people (laughs) and just be, and just be by myself. And so, you know, just in the last year starting to guide, um, I've seen, I've seen, I mean, I've, you see a lot more guides, fly fishing guys start in September, obviously, because the fish are there and the water's going to be cleaner. You know, it doesn't have the chance to get muddy from being too hot. Um, but you know, I, I don't really, I don't really know. I, I see guys, but I don't know them yeah. personally just because I, that's totally, that's, no, that's I hear, not what I'm, I've been I hear able to do yet. And I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of going towards, uh, I, you know, again, I've interviewed a lot of, a lot of people talking about guiding and things like mm-hmm. that. And, um, I haven't had, uh, um, everybody, obviously everybody on yet, but one of the take home messages, I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was talking about the fact that, you know, there's a, a new guide on the river and, you know, hadn't really connected with the old guide, right? Mm-hmm. The old guys. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of those things where, oh, I think, I think it was a pod, I think it might have been April's podcast again. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's one of those things where it might be a good tip, you know, for other yeah. guides out there and, you know, for you or whoever that uh, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to, if you haven't met those guides, just, you know, call them up, connect with them, whatever, just to be mm-hmm. like, because I think they will appreciate it. And, and you know, and they've kind of laid the foundation, yeah. you know, the years and years on the river. So I think they would mm-hmm. appreciate it. And for me, it's the kind of the same with the podcasting. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit new to this, but I'm trying to connect with other fellow, uh, fellow yep. fly fishing podcasts. And, and it's been a lot of fun and just making that connection and stuff, but just letting them know that you're a, you know, you're out there and that, uh, yep. it's not surprising. Cause I did hear something too at the show talking to somebody and I think somebody was like doing a GoPro on the river and it was like, who's that guy with his GoPro film, uh-huh. you know, and the kind uh-huh. of, you, you know how it is people, everybody uh-huh. has egos and stuff like that. So yep. yeah. anyways, I'll just throw that out there just because I know that some, some of the older time, uh, old timers would love that. Yeah. And definitely that's one of the things too, you know, um, it's a weird thing with, with guides and, and, you know, yeah. honestly it's, it's, it, it, it doesn't matter the industry that like it happens in a lot of different industries. You know, you see somebody else out there and it's like, Oh, Oh my, do I, do I say something? Do I not say something? You know, and is he like, is yep. he threatening my business and how does that, and you know, and that's, that's not something that's not something I'm about either. Like, you know, I, I just want to, I just want to, I have, I'm not trying to take, you know, people's clients or anything like that. I'm just, I, I have my yeah. own little niche that I want to just fill in if it's there. And, exactly. and, you know, just try to talk to people as friends and other people fishing on the river, you know, because that's, that's what it's about. Not, not being combative with each other. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I think there's room for, for, you know, I think there's room for everybody. Like you said, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's no different in any, any niche, you know, you, you yep. you're your own person and people are yep. going to come back for you because of you and, yep. And that's, that's, what's cool. So yep. awesome. Yeah. Those are good. Uh, you know, a little insight. I always love, uh, hearing those experiences. Yeah. So for your website, I was, uh, looking at, you know, school of Chrome, which is a cool, I love yep. the, the URL. That's definitely, you know, <laughs> definitely is, is a good one. Well, you know, on your side, I think I saw something there about, um, was it a garden? Yeah. Yeah. Connection. Maybe you can so, explain a little bit about that and, and what that's all about. Definitely. Um, so school of Chrome isn't just, isn't just fishing guide you know it's not just guided fishing trips it's 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 me it's me sharing the things that i do all the time so it's more of like you can call it an outdoor program you know it says education in the outdoors um i like to garden my my wife and i we like to garden we like to can we like to ferment like you know kimchi and sauerkraut my wife makes kombucha um we like to do a lot of things like that in our 
in in our house and around our we just have like a little place in town or whatever but the things that make us feel good so what what makes me feel good is being able to to share that stuff with people whether it's fishing you know whether it's tying flies whether it's helping people get a little garden going because what i've found is there's a lot of people not just with the gardening stuff or with the fishing stuff the the tying flies when people people want to get started in stuff like that, they they truly want to to play around with that because they think it's fun, and it's so overwhelming in any of that. You know, you go walk into a fly shop or you walk into you know a nursery yeah. and you see ten thousand things right. and you don't know where to get started and you spend a ton of money and then it doesn't work out because you don't really have a plan or you don't really know what you're doing. And I, my wife and I, like we went through the what it, both on the gardening and the fishing thing you know, not having people help us. So it's just been trial and error for years and years and years. And so I'm just with that, just trying to share, just trying to share my knowledge from my, my trials and errors of, of how to grow your own food and preserve it and, yeah. and just be, just be more connected with what you're eating and what you're That's doing. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I, I love that. I, th- I think it's really cool. I think it, and another thing that kind of separates you from other, other people out there and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's all, we're, we're connected, you know, we should all yeah. be trying to do more of the eating locally and growing mm-hmm. your own and for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Just, just interested in that. What's, yeah. what's a, um, you know, as far as, uh, resources or, um, you know, books, magazines, things like that, is there something that, uh, you know, some of your favorites that, that you read or, or watch or listen to? Oh man. Um, as far as the podcasts go, mm-hmm. um, you know, I go into. I think everybody does too. You, you get into to waves of, you know, you get for a while. You get into. Um, I'm just listening to podcasts all the time, and then yeah. I get into reading books all the time. And you know, I mean, it just kind of depending on what you're feeling. Um, you know, I started listening to this has been a, a few years back, but like April Vokey's podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the Orvis Fly Fishing Podcast, mm-hmm. um, and picking through some of those ones. Um, uh, I actually listen to a lot of business podcasts mm-hmm. and a lot of, um, you know, podcasts just about, about being happy in life, sure. <laughs> you know, and, and how to, and how to go about that kind of thing and not, cause I think that that translates into, into the work that you're doing as opposed to the other way where you're, where you're just doing a lot of work or research into the work and then and then backwards. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I just I think if you, if, if you're working on yourself, then that projects outward into all of the work that you do. Exactly. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, as far as books goes and stuff, you know, I have, um, like Greg Senyo's fusion fly tying and, mm-hmm. um, Oh, the one from Jay Nicholas that yeah. was, I don't know if it's the modern, the modern steelhead flies. Yep. I like, the, I like those. I don't, I think I was telling you at the show, you know, I don't tie specific patterns. I don't follow, or I don't follow, yeah step-by-step patterns but i love to um i love to look at other people's stuff just to take inspiration from either color combinations or shapes or materials and i just love you know filtering through those books and seeing what other people are doing you know same thing um on instagram um i don't post a ton on instagram i go in waves with that too Mm -hmm. same thing instagram and facebook i go in waves and and whether or not i want to want to post stuff um but i do like to look at um oh OPST uh, Jonathan Farmer is is one of the guys. I think it's Midnight Custom Flies mm-hmm. is his uh, is his is his business, and he does a lot of really cool stuff as far as tying flies. But um, I don't have specific specific books and 
resources like that that I that I keep going back to. Yeah. I like to I like to dabble in around into you know as much of the different stuff as I can. Sure. Sure. So yeah, that's yep. cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. I was uh, listening to. I, I'm totally yeah addicted to the podcasting too. That's part of the reason uh-huh. I got this whole thing going. But I was listening yep. to. Uh, oh, I think it's the Fly Fishing Tapes podcast. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's just really interesting because you you hear these shows and. I talked to Jason. He's the the host there, and mm-hmm. the last, the most recent one I listened to it was, uh, gosh, I wish I could remember the name, but I think it was uh, Jay was talking about the, um, God, this really crazy thing they had that I hadn't even heard about this uh, pig farm Inc. I'm not sure if what? you've heard of that. Yeah, it's uh-uh. crazy. Exactly. So I was, I'm gonna follow up and find out. But it's just really, I mean, there's so many cool things going on out there in, in fly fishing. I mean, like, yeah. You, you know, like the river runs through it, right? It was this big thing uh-huh. back in the nineties, yeah. right? And yeah. and then fly fishing was slowly declining or level leveling out. Well, at Pig Farm Inc., they're basically trying to just connect people and have more fun, um, you know, with fishing, with fly fishing. So they're going nice. out to these places like bars and stuff around the country. And they are, um, they are basically teaching random people how to tie flies. That's cool. Yeah. And at the same time, <laughs> they're doing all sorts of crazy stuff like tat- tattooing each other. And it's kind of crazy. <laughs> But uh, so, anyways, I, I I just listened to that last night. So, I, anybody wants to check that, I'll I'll provide a link in, in the show notes here. This one, um, let's see. Gosh, I didn't even put our our, uh, our episode number up for this one. I believe. Well, you can go to wetflyswing.com slash show, and we'll be able to search for uh, uh, Duran Torres to, to find this episode. But uh, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, it's pretty cool, man. I think there's a lot of people out there doing some great stuff, you know, along with yourself. You know, you're in the guiding and you're kind of new to this. So I, I like mm-hmm. what you have going with the gardening mm-hmm. gardening and stuff like that. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so what do you, you think you have a, a good uh, kind of a crazy fishing story for us to, or maybe maybe not crazy, just something interesting, maybe something that connects us to how you got to where you are and maybe a turning point? Hmm. Hmm. You know, it's not. I guess there wouldn't be. Okay, I'll tell you a story. It's uh, it, it 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 probably doesn't. Uh, my buddy's gonna love me for this one. Sweet, but um, <laughs> it's it doesn't really. It it doesn't have any kind of like connection to where I'm at or why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's just kind of a fun story to to. It's about fly fishing. So it's been a few years ago, and my buddy uh, getting into fly fishing. He's in the he's in the. Uh, the area of catching a lot of trout, right? Just wanting to catch a lot of trout. And so he's got, he has a six weight rod, five or six weight rod. And he just had like a little stimulator on or something like that. And he's fishing this tiny little pool where a little, I mean, it's only trout are going to be there. And he's trying to catch these trout and I'm over there standing by him. And then all of a sudden he's like, Hey, I got one. I got a big one. And, um, I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I go over there and I see the steelhead come up and the steelhead and I mean this water it it couldn't have been more than two feet deep and it's clear and I see this fish in there and this fish had came up and he'd watched it come to the top and grab his stimulator and go back down right hmm. and it's at the head of these this and it's kind of hard to explain in this little trough but anyway it's like at the head of these rapids but it's in a little trough where it's kind of calm right and so he's uh he's like oh man what do I do what do I do and I said just let him run if he's gonna run and when I said that, the fish turns and takes off running. And he goes and he puts his left hand on his reel and just pinches down as tight as he could yep. go and just goes pop. Yep. And that was the that was the first and only only steelhead so far that he's hooked on his fly rod. Oh man. But 
I guess the point of that is, I mean, we still talk about it. It's been a few years ago, and I'm not ever going to forget it, but it's it's just one of those things how how a fish can just get get you into a a state of mind that you like you're almost out of control like you don't know what you're doing you know what i mean and how how it can stick with you like that so i mean there's there's a lot of little things like that but it's just you know about the about the process about how how a fish how doing what you're doing like that and and fishing can can just just get you going so yeah Yeah, no yeah yeah, those uh (laughs) The, the the lost fish stores. I mean, you pretty much yeah. don't you don't forget that one at all until you get the ne- hook into the next one. <laughs> I know, right? Because it's yep. it's tough, especially those one we've all we've all had them. If you've hooked into some fish, um, yep. Cool. So, do you have yeah. a, uh, a couple? I know you mentioned you don't do any uh, specific patterns, but mm-hmm. uh, do you have any? If you had to say a couple of pattern types or things that you use most definitely, often? definitely. Um, so I'm in the process right now of kind of refilling my box just for the summer fish. You know what I mean? I like tying I like tying winter flies um, just for the fun of tying them. I don't I don't fish winter enough to have as many as I have, but I just like tying them. But as far as summer goes, um, there's a couple general patterns that I mean they're not rocket science. They're they're going to be intruder style patterns, but but you know maybe two two and a half inches long mm-hmm. at most you know what i mean um with they still have dumbbell eyes but these are about the smallest dumbbell eyes you can find just little tiny they don't even have weight they're just meant to you know for some looks and maybe a little bit of keel to keep your fly going straight mm-hmm. but just intruder patterns in um in small intruder patterns in black reddish purple like the darker kind of tone darker yep. kind of colors like that and then i the other ones i have are in um, white tones, you know, mostly white with a few accents of, you know, red or, or purple or something like that. So there's the, the intruder pattern there. Um, then I have, um, kind of just a muddler, a mother minnow style pattern, not the traditional one, but a tight on a shank, you know, with, with some, with some hackles coming out or just rubber legs or some different things yeah. to add a little bit of movement, you know, um, but, but basically in natural and, um, I tie, uh, the ones I like the best are, um, with tied with moose hair. It's a, it's, it's a little bit firmer. It, you know, it's, it's kind of a tough hair, but it's a, get it in the darker color. So it's not the, it's not the, like your standard deer hair kind of colored look. It's a little bit darker. Okay. Um, so that, that intruder one, that, that muddler one. And then, um, the other one are just your, your string leeches. You know what I mean? Anything in a leechy looking, looking swimming with tied with, um, um, some kind of braid, you know, Power Pro onto the rabbit strip back there. And again, those ones are in in the black, dark, you know, black purplish with accent colors and in white. Mm-hmm. So cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. And like, uh, well, going back to that podcasting thing, you mentioned a business podcast or something. Listen to do you mm-hmm. have do you have one that's uh, one of your favorites? Oh man, um, on trade leadership through the the Dave Ramsey. Oh yeah, business thing. The Entree Leadership Podcast. Okay. Anybody that's wanting to either start a business or that's in business or any of that, it's just there's tons of tons of information and then tons of resources. Um, is that one's been huge nice. um, for me as far as learning and growing through that. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. And how do you how do you find uh, clients for your for your business? Um. 
initially word of mouth. I do have, you know, I put some stuff out there on social media. Um, I'm not, I'm not a huge social media person. I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't put a lot of stuff out there and I don't, I don't like trying to sell a bunch of stuff on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like I'm trying to just always have something to sell on there. So initially a lot of word of mouth, just because a lot of people knew me, you know, growing up and that I fish and things like that. Um, but then slowly through sportsman shows and through, um, uh, my wife is a hairstylist, and so there's a lot of a lot of women that get their hair done that their husbands like to fish too. Hmm. But but I like to get people through. Um, and then I have random ones that that just find my website and stuff from around here. Um, but I like to I like to to get clients through like a sportsman show, and I'll do um, a farmers market here in in Tri Cities mm-hmm. through through talking to people. You know what I mean? Because I've had people call me up that want a fishing trip, but 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 not knowing me or not having a conversation or anything with me yet there's they don't know the expectation of what's what's probably going to happen on the trip you know what i mean yeah. so being able to talk to somebody face to face you know is is kind of how i do that gotcha. gotcha but i like doing it the best yeah cool cool and uh so what do you think we've talked a little bit about what you've learned things like that over the years and you know f- to put you where you're i mean you had experience gear fishing which i think is common for a lot of people yep. getting started because you, you get a lot of connection with the fish what's uh yep. do you have a tip for a uh maybe you can give us a, a good steelhead tip and then a tip for a, a new guy that's trying to get going in the uh, industry <clears throat> um uh, uh, like as far as a steelhead just for like fly fishing yeah if you, if you thought of one thing one thing you know a person's trying to get their first fish you know maybe oh. something that might help them or something that you 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 tell your clients to help them okay so i would tell them pick a fly that you absolutely love okay and because the fly that you absolutely love is the one that you're going to fish with the most confidence and you're going to fish all the time and then um i would tell them to fish closer to the bank than you think mm-hmm. and this is this is strictly on on the clickitat and i know it translates to it a lot of other rivers because yeah. steelhead are steelhead yeah but don't think you need to cast all the way across the river because most of the fish that i catch especially when the water gets colored they're really close to the bank so it's okay if your cast flops out there 25 feet let it swing through and see what happens yep so that's that would be um that would be a fly fishing tip, I guess. Um, what was the other one? Uh, so that, yeah, that's a good one for sure. The other one was, um, so if it's more specifically for a, a new guide who wants mm-hmm. to get into it, what, yes. you know, a tip to, to maybe something to help him get started. Definitely. Um, so as far as a new guide goes, I would say the biggest tip that I can give you is, is figure out your why you mm-hmm. have to figure out truly why you are doing what you're doing because it can't be about money you know none of this none of this stuff can be about money because (laughs) if it is it's you're gonna it's over you know (laughs) it's it's over um i i truly believe you know money and other things there's there's okay i guess let me back up with that with that finding your why you have to define for yourself what success is mm-hmm. because success to me doesn't necessarily mean money. It definitely doesn't just mean money. So really defining what it is for you to be successful so that you're not disappointed 
when you don't get as many clients as you think you're going to, or yeah. you go that first time and you fish for 12 hours and you don't get a bite. Mm-hmm. You know, you really have to define why you're doing it and what a success is to you and make sure they're not, they're not money or yep. they're not numbers of fish. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. perfect. So, yeah, that's awesome. I think yep. that, that's the perfect way to put that. Yep. So, so as far as success, uh, we talked a little bit about this, but for your client on mm-hmm. a trip, what, how do you define success for them? I define success for them uh, based on what they want out of the trip. Like I said, I try to do, I try to bring as much education into our my trips as possible. And so, um, success to me is I heard this quote somewhere, and I can't remember where it was at, but it was it said something to the fact that you know steelhead fishing is fishing good water well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so success to me is putting your fly in a spot that you have a chance to catch a fish and let and let the chips fall where they may. Yep. You know, you can't control anything else. And if you fish on the I mean the Clickitat River is beautiful going down the canyon. And oh, yeah. if you fish for twelve hours and you have the chance to catch a fish in every spot, that's successful because you you got away from your your daily work grind or you know you got where you don't have cell phone service or whatever your why is well everybody has a different why of why they're going fishing um but it's really that it's just it's the opportunity success is having the opportunity to to do whatever you're gonna do nice nice Mm -hmm. that's awesome how do you you know you have a good perspective on some of this you know some of the answers here uh to these questions have been you know really good what what's your you know when you look at the next 20 or 30 or 40 years or whatever i mean and then you connect that to the history of fly fishing where do you see yourself i mean uh, you know at the end of the day what what would you like to be i don't know i mean either remembered for or just your connection to the you know the fly fishing oh i i guess i see myself as just another person i see myself as another person that likes to fly fish and likes to to fish in general i would like to to be viewed maybe as as um an inspiration in in terms of this guy stopped what he was doing that was a quote-unquote secure job yeah. in in public education oh, and did yeah. something that yeah, was you're a, you're that a principal was, <laughs> right yeah a vice principal not not a full-on yeah. principal but, but assistant principal yeah and so stopped that whole thing and went to do something that was you know, definitely not normal as far as being being thirty years old and having having mm-hmm. a wife and a kid kind of thing. So, honestly, it doesn't even have to be specific into the fly fishing, but being being remembered as as you can do what you want to do, and it's scary, and yeah. it it takes it takes some effort and it takes some support from your family and the people around you. You know, but but don't you know, don't think you have to be trapped into something, um, for, for reasons that aren't real. You know, you can, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. It just, it just takes some effort. <laughs> that, that was for sure. Well, that's quite a, yeah, you're right. I mean, you had a secure job and I mean, things are changing, I think in this day and age yeah. from what they were 20 years ago, but still, I mean, you, you had to jump off there. I mean, what, what was yep. that experience like? Can you take us back to that moment where you oh, were yeah. like, yeah. You, you were, you were a secure job as probably working yeah. way to be a principal or whatever. Yep. And then you jumped and you said, you know what, I'm going this way. What, what was that like? Yeah, man. I mean, I went through the whole, all the schooling thing, got my, got my master's, my principal cert and did a couple years. And, you know, I, it was just my perspective on things and always thinking that, you know, this was just the next 
progression in in education. Yeah, you're a teacher. Okay, now it's now it's time to go into administration, and and you know you have more control over doing things, mm-hmm. and and then once I did that, it was it was it was great. Like I love the people where I worked, you know, and it and it just there was it just didn't fit with what there was still something there that wasn't being fulfilled or there was just something there that was still driving you know and so um one one day like in ba- really just a lot of support from my wife cj like she mm-hmm. if it if it wasn't for her encouraging me to do this and being okay with that then i probably still would have been still would have been in education just because i wouldn't have taken the risk you know what i mean yep. so um but you no know, it was it was super scary it was hard um to be able to to give up to give up what people would would view as secure mm-hmm. but but really i mean it just depends on how you define security and how you define success you know yeah. but then once once i i made this decision to go the other way it was beautiful mm-hmm. it was just like i'd never i'd never been happier That's working cool. working 15 hours in a day on doing stuff you know and learning all these new things and so yeah, yeah it was it was it was scary but it was uh it was in the long run, it's good. That's really cool. Really yeah, good. and I guess a lot more. You probably have more freedom now, right? You're doing your own thing, and you do. Yeah, I have a lot more freedom, and then it also, you know, it allows me to expand in in some other things like the teaching, like fly tying and beginners fly fishing stuff and guarding stuff, and really instead of thinking as my a job and like my personal life and my work life are two separate things. Like I used to think that way, and now it's there's one life. You are you you're one life, and you <laughs> I think you just you just do the things that make you happy mm-hmm. and if you can if you can keep doing those and if you can find a way to make a living by by sharing that information with other people that's that's awesome that's the way to go that's cool <laughs> what are your uh you know for the next uh 5 or 10 years what are your you have some goals in place where you know where you'd like to get your uh you know your business yeah um as far as goals for my business goes i just want to um I just want to get in connection with more people, you know, and whether or not that means if it's, if it's one new returning client every year, that's a success to me. You know what I mean? It's not about a big numbers game because I believe in the long run, those, those, those clients that you have meaningful relationships with that come back every year, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? And if it, to me, I'm, I'm choosing to gain you know, if it's one meaningful client every year for the next 10 years, that's better than getting, you know, 50 new clients this year and having, you know, almost none of them return and having that be a bad experience. And so it's just to grow a little bit, meet more people and really, really let people know who I am and what I'm about. Um, because I haven't really shared that out up until starting last year. So doing things like farmer's market and really just, really just becoming more connected with my community in, in what I'm doing now. So yeah. that's that's kind of my big goal. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I love hearing your hearing the response there because I've interviewed some pretty some guys that have guided for their entire lives and some mm-hmm. that you know like Kevin Feenstra in episode thirteen. He's still guiding. He was the guy that probably was a big part of starting swinging in the Great Lakes uh, for steelhead, mm-hmm. as well as like Tom Larimer. And uh, some of those guys, well, at least like Tom and some some of those folks, they guided for a good chunk of time. It eventually got into more of the rep part of the industry, mm-hmm. you know. So, do you feel like you're you're good to go? I mean, I mean, I know it's early for you, but you you, you plan on guiding for your the, the entire time, or you? I guess you expect there's going to be some changes. Yeah, you know, i I try not to look. I try to balance the the planning ahead 
and the not worrying about things that may not come true. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm taking um I'm taking every day as it is and you know what if if uh, if 5 years from now or if a year from now an opportunity presents itself that I think is just um, a manifestation of how I'm feeling inside that I want to share that stuff, then I'll run with it, you know? And if not, then I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I just kind of see how things are going. I don't have specific plans of what I'm, what I'm trying to get to, but I think things will pop up if you do the right work. If you keep, if I keep doing the right work that I believe in, opportunities will present themselves in different ways. And then it'll just be up to me to, to make the choice when those things happen. Yep. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you mentioned flight tying. Are you are you teaching uh, some classes in tying? Or I have I haven't officially um, done my first class. I've done a couple like little lessons here and there with people, mm-hmm. uh, but I have a bunch of classes in the works of both beginning um, beginning fly tying um, tying steelhead jigs and then tying um, spay flies, the more advanced class. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Uh, I mean, tying a lot of steelhead jigs, I have that as a class because people over here in the Tri-Cities, they do a lot of jig fishing, yeah. um, you know, above the dams and stuff for steelhead. It's a big, it's, it's a lot bigger thing than swinging flies for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I have those in place and it's just kind of, um, I'm starting the process now of, of getting some, um, some venues of where I can, can host these things yeah. and, you know, kind of getting that stuff in the works of, of working with, you know, some other businesses to try to, to try to partner up on some of that. But, um, I do, I, I see school of Chrome as being almost like a school. It's an outdoor school mm-hmm. thing where, you know, if people, I would love to down the road, if, if people, if kids out of high school or who, it doesn't matter what age, if they want to be a fishing guide, I can be a resource to help them with the business side of it with, uh, you know, creating your mission and, and learning how to, to work with people and go on the river and, you know, just kind of a resource for all of the things that I've done. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of how I see it, you know, in the big picture of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Great. Well, we're, we are about there. I, uh, perfect. Had just a, uh, another question or two here. Uh, always like to get a check in on, you know, the next six months or so what you have going. Do you have any, uh, anything that we can look forward to? You know, I guess you're talking about these classes and things like that. Is that going to mm-hmm. be coming out for people in your area? You know, yes, I have. I'm just waiting on a couple yeses or nos as far as, um, venues go to, to where to hold the classes. You know what I mean? And so yeah. they can be out, they can start as soon as, as soon as June, okay. um, or as soon as May, honestly, if depends on in the next couple of weeks how things go. Um, cool. But they're they're in the works to go with that, and and then the other thing is, uh, um, you know, just doing um, doing the my farmers market thing oh, here yeah. with gardening and with just uh, a lot of the bass fishing. Right now, it's just starting to warm up over here in Tri Cities, where uh, the smallmouth will start coming out of the Columbia and going up into the Yakima. So oh, fly wow. fishing um, for smallmouth will start to fire here soon. You know, awesome. in the next few weeks. Awesome. That sounds like that sounds like yep. a good deal. That is cool. So you're going to be, uh, yeah, you got that going on, and I guess we can keep your eye. And then you, the best place to find you would be on uh, schoolofchrome.com. Yep, schoolofchrome.com is is the best spot to um, to find all the resources about what I do. Um, and then if you're wanting to look at Instagram, is the next thing. Okay. Uh, at Duran Torres. Yep. Is is my uh, is 
my handle. And so that's, I don't, I don't post on it a lot, but that's where you can go back and see things as far as like inspiration for flies or, and as fishing gets going, then I'll start to kind of post more updates on, on things like that. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. Well, we covered a lot of the, you know, like we talked at the, at the start, kind of uh, what it's like to get into guiding and things. I think you covered that pretty well, actually, you know, on the things we talked about. Did, did I miss anything or anything else you'd, you'd put out there for somebody that's thinking about, you know, they're on the, they're on the cusp of quitting their, uh, their, their, their permanent job and jumping in anything you'd tell that person on the edge? Yeah, just do it, man. Just do it. Make sure you have some support, you know, from, uh, from people around you. And if you don't, then who cares? You yeah. know, if it's something that if it's something that's a fire inside you that that you need to do that you're going to regret, you know, later on, then then you do it. Yep. And just do it. I agree. I think we're all uh, <laughs> life is short, and yeah, there's all sorts of terrible things that happen out there, and you don't want to don't want to have any regrets. So, uh, yep, yep. Cool, Duran. Well, I appreciate yeah. you coming on and uh, sharing your uh, your knowledge and wisdom, and I love what you have going. I think it's definitely this is a different take on things, and, and I mm-hmm. love the gardening and, and kind of that whole thing. It's it's really cool what you have going. So I'll, I'm going to keep up with you, and I guess I'll, I'll as well at School of Chrome kind of keep up with you there, and maybe I can get up and connect with you later at some of these classes. I've got some fly tying stuff uh, going on as well and uh-huh. always interested to hear how other people are doing it. So yeah, I'll, I'll touch base with you later on, but I uh, wanted to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your knowledge. Awesome. I appreciate it. I had a great time. All right. Good deal. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, see ya. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes with all the links and information we covered in today's episode, just go to wetflyswing.com slash 22. And please go to wetflyswing.com slash community to connect with a growing Facebook group. I wanted to read one review from iTunes to show you quickly some of the good comments we're receiving over uh, on the review page there. This is from D. Ledin Byrne on iTunes. He says, highly recommended. Tons of great information and interesting stories from people who know their waters like no one else. Thanks, D. Ledin Byrne. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. Um... And for those who others want to get out there and leave an honest uh, rating and review, you can just head on over to uh, iTunes and check it out. Or you can go to uh, wetflyswing.com slash review, and there's a, a little bit of uh, instructions to, to get you through the, the loop there. So um, good to connect with you all and hope to hopefully catch up with you soon on the river or maybe online. Have a good one. Later. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes.